about the wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 322. That is three, two, and two, it's the ENS. Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. We have started the new year with a bang. And I'm not talking about a Liam Keane drunken fumble at one minute past midnight. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers, baby. They are killing it. Come in, Express and Star. Wolves reporter, Mr. Liam Keane. It took you 25 sec- seconds to say the word drunken fumble. <laughs> Phrase, Welcome to 2024, baby. Well, you know what? <laughs> the 20, new, not new, year, new year, new us or not. Pretty much exactly the same. Oh, dear. The, the, the new owners list, listening in now. Okay, well, I haven't listened to the podcast, but they're getting really good numbers um, for, for the company. So let's listen. Wow. Okay. Um, I'll just be turning the, the radio knob down slightly. Christ, I've got kids in the car. Drunken fumble. <laughs> it's poor from you, mate. But it's 2024, and it'd be, it'd be rude not to to start it off as we always do in the With right smut. way. smut, absolute smut. Exactly. That's how, we, that's how we get by. Um, happy New Year, Mr. Liam Keane. How was it? It was pretty good. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Um, and, yeah, and it was to, good, mate. And to all the beautiful people. Exactly. Um, no, it was good. Went to. I think I mentioned on the last party we were going to a little house party. Um, oh yeah, yeah good, mate. one of these. Yeah, proper in between us house party going. No, to no, 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 no. Hey. Honest, genuinely, genuinely, mm. it is very sophisticated. Oh, um, I'm, being, my I'm, be, I'm God. being serious. I, I'm being serious. Everything I'm about to tell you is 100 percent true. You ready? I know. So, you've described some of your lads, mate, and I know they listen to this, but crikey, they don't seem sophisticated. Is probably the uh, the word I would I would be. Not using whatsoever. I was and, going to say a word that I was going to describe them, but I won't. And I and I tried to explain to you. This is not the same group of people. These are oh, these okay. are these are sophisticated individuals. Okay, go on. And um, I mean, guess how many people were there? Uh, three. <laughs> it's a bit more than that. Okay, I'm going to say if it's if it's sophisticated, I'm saying maybe it's more of a soiree. I'm I'm going to say fourteen. You are very close. Twelve. Okay, okay. that's a nice nice number. Decent number. number. Quite yeah. a few couples. Me and Rosie were there. There was another three or four couples. Most, mm. yeah, most couples there. It was good. Um, in bowl situation. <laughs> it's terrible. It's Twenty <laughs> seconds in. Okay, Shut on, stop, up, stop, stop, stop. I'm still drunk. Come on. There was um, party snacks. Oh, there was that? champagne. Olivons, mushroom. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even going to respond to anything you say. Okay, champagne. Prosecco. Yeah. No, no, it was champagne. It wow, was champagne. Really? It was champagne. Okay. Champagne. Um, Aldi's it own. was, it was at, <laughs> it's so bad. It was, um, it was at a friend of mine who, a school friend who now lives in London, but he came back. It was his parents' place that we take over. We did this last year as well. That you trashed. And um, he has a little party. They go out, and I'm t- mm. I, I mean, he, he's an Arsenal fan, so he's not going to listen to this. No. N- none, of them, none of them, my friends are Wolves fans, so none of them are going to be interested in listening to this. They won't have a clue what I'm going to say. Not many but Wolves will... fans listen to this. Why would Arsenal fans listen to it? Well, exactly. Um, I'm not going to say where it was, and it was a village outside of, uh, like in Warwickshire, but I won't say exactly mm. where it was. Mm. But it is, like, I mean, it is a genuine mansion. Wow. I mean, it is unbelievable. It's, it's, the name of it is The Manor House. The Manor House. That's the name of the... It's, it literally got a sign as you're going up a country lane to go in. It says the Manor House and it's got an arrow and you follow it up and you come into this big 
Um, well, I mean, the land is incredible. The house is... Men- I mean, it's insane. Actually Sounds like insane. a good murder mystery plot. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, we were playing like party games and drinking champagne, and it was great, mate. It was good stuff. Mm. And and I mean, I was I was out. I mean, I was a few beers deep at this point. I was out in the garden, shooting an air rifle at cans on oh, on, a, on the table. It was amazing. So you've gone from see. So you see, Liam. Like, I do want to take you seriously with a lot of these, um, you know, quips that you have, and you know, I've tried to. I think over the last two to three years, bring you into you know the show you the finer things in life, so to speak. You know, we've had. Some champagne, we've been to some lovely restaurants, some some nice after parties, um, you know, we've had some oysters, all sorts of lovely things in life. And I was quite excited, the fact that you said, you know, soiree, quite sophisticated, bit of champagne. And then you said you're shooting air rifles in, air rifles in the garden. I'm thinking, come on, <laughs> come on. Like, um, well, air rifles fair. in the garden... Uh, Ridiculous o'clock doesn't sound to me like the sophisticated party um, that you're having at Shea Judah. It was still quite sophisticated. We okay, were filling, okay. we were filling beer cans up with water, putting them on the table so that the wind didn't blow them over. Um, and I'm, I mean, I am a marksman. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm, I'm not joking. Less. <laughs> I'm not joking. I got four cans in a row. Bang, easy. I mean, it sounds like definitely a party that I want to attend. I mean, you know, do not put me on the guest list next year. That's all I'm saying. Genuinely, you'd have enjoyed all of it, bar maybe the gun part. But that was only a small, a very, very small part of the evening. Um, New Year's resolutions for you? Uh, Not really. No? No? Everything's been going going pretty perfect, to be honest. Yeah, loving life. Uh, How how was your... Getting a house? Getting a house, maybe? Well, yeah. Anytime soon? That's got to be on there. Um... We the indications are it should be this month, but we mm. don't know for certain. So I will okay. I will update when I, when I can. Tell me about your new year. Um, quiet mate. To be honest, I went down to the old the old London apartment. Uh, took 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 the mother, the dogs, and um, and Alana. Um, in that order, and um, it was it was really nice. We watched the um, the fireworks over the London Eye, which is very cool. Like nice drone show as well, and that went on. So just got a delivery, got some sushi, mate. Had some champagne. Very chill, very relaxed, um, and were, was in bed pretty early-ish. I say one or two, uh, which was uh, which was top draw. So no, it was nice, mate. And then we were out shopping the next morning, which wasn't ideal. Don't want to start twenty twenty four shopping, but it is what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, very very chill, mate. Very relaxed. That sounds good. That sounds very New, nice. New Year's resolutions for me is a sort of. I need to work on my posture this year. Me and Alana are both saying, posture, you know when you're kind of like hunched over a little bit and you don't need to be, you need to put your shoulders back. So I'm kind of like disappointed that I need to, my posture's always pretty poor. It's normally when, especially when you're taller, I know you won't, you know, you won't get this, but oh, some of the taller right. people, when you're kind of like working with someone who are like maybe five, six, five, seven, you're kind of always, you know, looking down at them and just naturally your posture kind of just like de- declines quite, quite considerably. So I need to put my shoulders back Got a couple of useful tips and stretches, so posture I've got to work on in 2024. Um, and also, you might have this as well, Kino, but I've got to get th- get rid of a load of clothes. You know, when you're in the your wardrobe and it's packed to the rafters, and you're thinking, and then you go through them and you're thinking, no, I can't. That, that, I've only worn that a couple of times, so you don't really want to throw it out. You've got to get it gone. If it's not giving you joy, get it gone. Anything designer that you're throwing out? Uh, there's plenty of designer things that I probably will be throwing out. But the thing is, is that you've got your stuff that you want to give away and then you've got your things that are pretty much um, sellable. So I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to 
put them on. I don't know how you sell them or if anyone's got a company who sells clothes, but I'm I'm looking to probably sell some. Yeah, there'll be a bit of Armani in there, mate. A little bit of Versace, a little bit of Lulu. Well, um, there is a, uh, a an app called Vinted where people sell clothes. Okay. I think that does pretty well. That's fine, but can someone come and do it for me and take a cut? I'd rather them do that. I'll take a cut. Will you? Ha- I'll happily. I mean, I'll take 100%. Um, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll negotiate, the clothes but I'll give, you, I'll give you like 25%. Mm. Do you have to, because you, you'll be the one who's obviously packing it, sending it off as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a bit of effort, to be honest. Um, and also, there's been some stuff recently about the tax man coming after uh, people selling stuff on eBay and Vinted. Oh, let's get it Let's get it out quickly then, before they come around. <laughs> oh, I'll just take the clothes off you, mate, it's fun. All right, sounds good. And then you will be selling them and you'll be giving me money back. Um, yeah, so all good, mate. Really, really good. Um... Apart from that, get fit and all that kind of boring stuff, you know. So, although I say get fit, and um, I was going to get a coffee this morning. I'm like, okay, fancy going to the shop. Maybe there's a cost around the corner. I'll have a quick, you know, wander out, take the dogs, get a coffee, bring it back. And I'm thinking, well, no, I've got coffee at home downstairs, so I'll save some money. Um, so I'll go downstairs and make a coffee, get it in an espresso, have it ready and piping up for this podcast. And I didn't either, Kino. I went on Deliveroo and I ordered a Starbucks to the house. So, yeah, good news. That's poor, that. It is poor. Very lazy. Third of January and you're doing that already. It's not great. Oh, dear. Tell you what is great. Wolverhampton Wanderers 3, Everton nil. Three wins on the spin. Liam Keane, was this the most enjoyable fixture that you've watched relaxed for, I'm going to say, the last 18 to to 24 months? It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. Some of the ones I think of when I think of, you know, relaxed, nice football goals is... Mm. 4-0 4-0 at home to Watford under Bruno Large. Yeah. That yeah, probably okay. springs to mind. Um, maybe the 2-0 away at Spurs. Maybe not quite as relaxed that one, but a good performance and a good win. Again under Bruno. Um there's not much in the last year in the last year that I could mention. Um aside from uh obviously the last couple of games. But yeah, it, it's gotta be up there. Wolves were I said this afterwards as well on the on our video, just complete dominance and control. They were assertive. They were aggressive. Uh, they bullied Everton, but they also were so relaxed with the ball that it sort of relaxed us in knowing that the Wolves were firmly in control of this game. And it just showed a different side to to Gary O'Neill's side. And that was really the the most impressive side uh, or, or part of it. Really, was that a completely different face to this team? Um, and, and I mean, Everton were great. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't think you can detract from what Wolves were and that was just complete dominance over what has been actually a pretty good team this season. If you take their... And Gary Neal made the, the good point. I know he wants to big him and the team up. I understand that. But he makes a, a decent point when if you give them, them their 10 points back that, that they had deducted, they're on 26, I think it is. And they're you know Wolves are on 28. So they've... Everton have done pretty well this season with their well, results. Yeah, exactly. And what... You know, I know they've lost, they've lost three on the spin, including that Wolves game. They lost two on the spin before that. But but previously, they were on an unbelievable run. Um, they'd, they'd won seven Premier League games in nine and had lost one game since the 21st of October. So, yeah, they'd lost to they'd lost to Tottenham and they lost to Manchester City. But any team can lose to Spurs and Manchester City. Spurs away and Manchester City at home. Apart from Wolves, so, obviously. That's what I'm saying, going into the Wolves game. <laughs> so, that's, that is... Um, oh, I like, I like what you said there. Okay, fair enough. But I was that waiting is, to get you know, Sorry, sorry. I'm trying to give you the stats here. But that, apart from that, that was an, an inform Everton side um, that they beat and, and, and comprehensively beat. And I think 
that even Sean Dyche, when he came in, Jesus, Sean Dyche's press conference. You okay? And, uh, and um, he was um, he was very complimentary about Wolves and say, look, you know, we thought we had a chance today. We we, we fancied ourselves, but you know, Wolves played us off the park, and you couldn't. Anyone watching that game, you could not argue with the fact that um, Wolves were pretty sensational from minute one to the last minute. And I think that's from a complete display point of view. That's as good as I've seen a Wolves side down Pedro Neto, who came on but not started the game, down Mario Lamina, who, you know, just a sensational atmosphere and will from everyone there before the game you did feel that this was something there was something different about this game and you know you talk about players playing for their for their teammates and and, and absent absent friends and I think friends is the most important thing here it is friends it is a family and they were definitely so motivated to do something special for Mario and not not I'm not saying not, not let him down and but his thoughts with them but they came out and they could have been maybe a little bit beleaguered and a little bit disappointed and a little bit down in the dumps and they didn't they turned it around and really put on a show not just for the fans not just for for everyone watching but for for Mario back at home in France and you know the sad news that his father passed away but it was um the the picture afterwards in the dressing room the the Instagram reply from Mario it's just it's had a, such a, a good feel good factor to the day yeah 100% the, the way I would phrase it is it, Wolves were in danger if they allowed it to of being over emotional and allowing the game to to get away from the occasion to get away from them. And Wolves were the opposite of that. Wolves were measured, and that's the biggest compliment I can probably pay to them. Alongside being in complete control of the game and and also the flow of the game and and not just possession stats and, and chances and goals, but also just having the ball and sub, just forcing Everton into submission in this game. It, it was. It was a an excellent game plan tactically, but also excellent mentally where Wolves were able to to measure themselves and look after themselves and make sure they didn't go overboard. Especially once that first goal goes in. Once Max Kilman puts Wolves ahead, um they celebrate with the shirt, Mario Lamina's shirt. Um the fans are on board, fans are, are chanting Mario's name, everyone's all singing from the same hymn sheet. There's a there's a more of a danger there than maybe even from the first whistle of the game uh becoming over emotional for Wolves and getting away from them. And again, it was the complete opposite of that. Um, going back to Sean Dutch's press conference, he he said this, and I actually agreed with him that um, he, he, well, actually, he didn't he didn't give Wolves credit for the first half. He thought it was he was pretty even. I thought Wolves were good value for the lead at, at halftime, absolutely. But one thing I do agree with him on is that second half is where Wolves really came into their own and really took control of that game. And it was mainly down to all of the things I've mentioned so far, control and, and measured and, and their approach, but also the way it Wolves, in which Wolves attacked and created chances. Um, and I know there's a few names I could mention, I won't because I'll probably steal a, a segment of yours, but um, the transition is really where Wolves absolutely battered Everton in that you can, second half. You can half. mention names, it's fine. Um, I'll mention him, Mateus Cunha, we love him. Um, mm. he, him in particular, the way in which... He turns attack or defense into attack rather, and and the way in which he uh, those turnovers in midfield, where he he often comes deeper, picks the ball, he'll dance beyond someone, and all of a sudden you've got a two v three, a three v two, you've got some sort of situation um, that Wolves are, are attacking at blistering pace. That's where they battered Everton in that second half, and they ended up winning three nil. They had two goals disallowed, and from the chances they had, that could have been five, six, seven nil. It was it was that dominant. 
Um, it was a sensational display by Mateus Cunha. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and the way that him and Huang have led this line during these last eight weeks in the absence of Pedro Neto has been nothing short of sensational. What, at what point does my question of Mateus Cunha was good value for Wolverhampton Wanderers, good value for his money and was the right fee, keen or not keen, did they overpay, become a question of keen. They did not overpay because he is providing incredible value at this moment in time. I know 40 plus million is a lot of money. It's weird, isn't it? Like you, look, you, you compare it with someone like Fabio, who's 30 plus million, and what you've got, bang for buck. And all of a sudden, it looks like a bargain. I get it was, it was a lot of money at the time, but for the intrinsic value of, of what £40 million gets you this year, I mean, he is one of the top strikers, assists and goals in the Premier League at this moment in time. Top five or six in, in points, even in FPL this year. I think he's number five, number five striker. Uh, but what he's contributing to this side, on the pitch and off it, I think that Wolves are starting to get value for money. I really do. Even for £40 million, you look at some of the money that £40 million gets you this year, doesn't get you a whole lot. It gets you a striker. But if you're getting someone who can provide 10, 15 goals a season, 10 assists with that, and bringing the midfield and the strikers into, into the game, I think that I think Wolves could have spent, you know, you could have got two or three players for 10, 12 million pounds. I don't think I don't think that anywhere close to what Cunha's contribute. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I and, and to be honest, if he carries on like this till the end of the season, it has to be till the end of the season. I think they've got good value. I really do. Yeah, no, I was gonna that that last bit there is exactly what I was gonna say. I think you probably judge that specific question on value end of the season, don't you? Because I think that that's where you he's had eighteen months at Wolves. You probably get more of a, an overall picture. But if we can talk about all we can really do is talk about here and now and what we've seen previously from him, and he's certainly trending in that direction. I thought he was outstanding against Everton, and to be fair, he's been in brilliant form for quite a while now. Um, he's on six goals, five assists in the Premier League now. So that's 11 goal involvements from 20 matches. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a brilliant return considering neither of us had him down as an out-and-out goal scorer. Do I still think he'll go out and be an out-and-out goal scorer? Do you get 20, 25 goals ever in a Wolves shirt? I'm not sure. But the fact that I'm saying I'm not sure means I've tracked back a little bit from what I was saying previously. And you've got to bear in mind, he's still only 24 years old. Exactly. Um, I think he's international. A, exactly. I think he's. I think he's a really special player. I really do. Um, and the way in which he's adapted his game, the way in which he's taken on board what Gary Neal said to him, the way in which Gary Neal has used him as well, I think has all been really impressive. And there's one specific thing to point out, which Gary Neal's spoken about a few times. He mentioned it again after the Everton game, is how it is the areas in the box that Cunha's getting into now, mm-hmm. and. We never saw that. We never saw that from any Wolf strikers, to be fair, for probably a good 18 months um, or maybe longer. But he's absolutely doing that now. And also, I mentioned this on the video after the game as well, the last couple games, two, three, maybe four, I push off the top of my head, he started to to, to play with Huang being more as a, a central nine and Sarabia playing on the right. He started to start the games in this left pocket. And I think it suited him perfectly. I would assume it's in um, anticipation of hopefully bringing a, a number nine in. Uh, and you know, we'll talk more about transfers a bit later in the podcast. But um, 
you would hope that's that's you know getting him ready for a position and, and whether they'll have him playing off a striker, but it's suiting him perfectly because he's he, he's got a very free role there, um, especially with Ait Nori playing that sort of hybrid specialist role that we've spoken about. He's uh, he's popping up in all sorts of areas. He's linking play. His the way he glides with the ball, the way his awareness of being able to turn and know that there's someone on his shoulder. Um, he's so quick. He's so intricate. He's so intelligent on the ball. I really am a big fan of him. I think he's a really, really good player. And you have him in this kind of form and confidence, you're going to get the best out of him. And I think that, to make a final point, I think is really important. Having interviewed him a few <coughs> times, as I mentioned on here, and, and sort of speaking to people around the club and getting a, a, an idea of what he's like. Um, quite emotional. Um, he said to me, actually, in an interview, he said, I'm, I'm Brazilian, we're, you know, we're emotional people. Um, this is why I love being at Wolverhampton, because they, they look after me, the people love you, it's a small city, everyone knows each other. Um, but I think that emotion comes down to him being the kind of player that needs a bit of an arm around the shoulder, needs a little bit of guidance. And I think now he's got that with this manager and this group of players, and you've got, you see people like Dan Bentley constantly talking to him and giving him advice and, you know, giving him advice at half-time at Bournemouth and then two minutes later he scored the equaliser. Um, this kind of guidance and, and a bit of an arm around the shoulder, renewed confidence, uh, alongside the tactical stuff, is giving us the best version of Mateus Cunha. It's, it's funny, isn't it? You say 24 years old and I think a lot of people forget how young he is really. I mean, he looks a lot older, doesn't he? You know, you look like you you have these as big blokes or, or adults and, and, you know, 24 years old, he's still a bit of a pup really. Um, somehow I'm three years older than him that is, <laughs> he looks a lot older than me I'll tell you that, that is, he looks a lot older than me uh, uh, I mean you're pretty weathered Kino to be fair as well but wow. um, it's um, it's incredible though 24 years old you know like he's got you know look at you looking at someone who's a Brazilian international striker who has got hopefully the best year of his club at Wolverhampton Wanderers it's incredibly exciting um, and you know fair play because he's he's delivering I tell you, I was delivered Liam Keane and it was, for me, hands down his best performance in a Wolverhampton Wanderers shirt so far um, from what we've seen, the limited time we've seen him and that is Tommy Doyle who came in for Mario Lamina and when the team sheets went out an hour before kickoff, there were quite a few people quite concerned with the selection of Doyle. Bubakar Traore kind of recovered. He's been ill but, but was fit enough to be on the bench but I think a few people would have rather had Traore if he was fully fit to start that game because of the physicality that they expected from Everton. But I tell you what, he was all over the pitch, Doyle. Um, excellent completion rate passing as you'd expect from a player coming from Manchester City um, and you know really got did the dirty work well which I thought was really impressive broke up a lot of players, which players' plays should, that you wouldn't have expected maybe from, from the likes of Doyle. We knew that Everton were probably going to give away a lot of the possession to Wolves, so he was good on the ball, which you would expect. But yeah, I thought he did everything very, very well and will give him and Gary O'Neill a lot of confidence in playing going forward when needed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what we expected from him is the kind of player he is, a ball-playing midfielder who is going to be tidy in possession, look after possession and allow Wolves to build up attacks and move forward. He was exactly that against Everton. I thought he was I thought he was very, very good. Um, and he deserves credit for, for that, which is what we expect from him. But exactly what you said, also getting stuck in, putting a foot in, winning tackles, winning balls. Um, that side of the game, which you've probably not really seen from him in a Wolves shirt. Uh, he's still a bit raw. Um, there's going to be a bit more to come from him in the future. But this is the kind of sign that you needed because... 
we needed, uh, aside from a couple of sub appearances he's had where he's been very good, I think it was Bournemouth, wasn't it, where he came on was really good there. Um, and I think at home to Newcastle as well, I think off the top of my head, we needed a bit more of a sign from the start of him finding his feet quickly in the game. And he, and he definitely did that against Everton. And this is what Wolves need now. Wolves need players, particularly with players going away for internationals now in the next few weeks. They need players to step up um, and take their chance, really. And Wolves, with a small squad, have probably been um, unfortunate in certain games where they haven't had subs uh, or fringe players take their opportunities. And it's hindered the side and, and they've had a couple of poor performances and poor results because of it. It's uh, it, it's a good sign to see him taking that. And of course, Doc scoring against Chelsea as well. So these, these kind of players now who, mm. you know, you want to take these kind of opportunities. If they're going to take them, it's only a good thing for Wolves and Gary and Neil and, and the kind of squad and the size of squad they've got. I woke up Sunday morning and uh, had a look and I was flicking through the Express and Star website and I became quite emotional, Liam. In fact, there were several tears that ran down the right-hand side of my cheek when I, I read the where player you're going ratings. I read the player ratings and saw Nelson Semedo, 8 out of 10. What is going on? Uh, he was very good. I mean, excellent, even. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go as far to say that. Um, I'm going to get that as a soundbite. <laughs> Shut up, man. I'll tell you what, there is some strange, strange people on social media. Um, you got slaughtered for Doyle rating. I thought it was fair rating. I mean, I thought it was very, very good. No, was I, thought, he an I thought he was. I thought he, yeah. should he have been an eight. Uh, there's, I think, there's an argument to say he could have been an eight. I thought that there was players that were. There's room. Were more... There's room to, for improvement there. It's a yeah, exactly. 5. I thought there was players that were more influential on the game, and hence I gave him a seven, gave others an eight. Um, what doesn't I was mean going anything. to say, Liam. What I was going to say is, can you? Because I think some people, well, it's very subjective. It's a very difficult thing to do player ratings, and you know. You're never going to get a 100% approval rate. You're never going to get a 70% approval rate because everybody has different opinions on different players and people watch different games. But I think a lot of people expect nines and tens if you win a game and if you don't, then you haven't had a very good game. Can you go through what you think is, from a player rating point of view, maybe from like four to ten, what you are, what scale you are looking at? Because for me, like... An average performance, or a fine performance, is a six. And I think a lot of people would think it's a seven, but it's probably not. So maybe just give you an idea of what scores you give people, because people are up in arms sometimes. And, you know, you'll think, well, no, they were pretty good. But they might think that's a seven or an eight, and you think it's a six. No, to be fair, my, my, my favourite comments are, um, did you even watch the game? I was like, no, no, I was just sat at home, mate, just chilling. Um, <laughs> just chilling, lad. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, the, the, just just the best... shooing, shooing a BB gun and knocking some cans over. <laughs> the best ones are, you know, I mean, it's it's an opinion. Everyone's got them. You're welcome to your own opinion. But the best ones is, you know, being, um, you know, your, your character attacked to have an opinion on a football game is incredible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, uh, not bothered by it at all. Um <laughs> I actually don't care that much. There's a lot of people with too much time on their hands, more time than me. Um, Feisty King 2024. Yeah. Oh, there's some serious morons, aren't there? You're going to swear there, weren't you? Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. Really. I actually, it wasn't. Um, so, no, so the way, you've, the way you've described that is exactly, exactly the way I do it. So I start off at a, a sort of six. Um, Everybody starts at a six. Yeah. You've also got to bear in mind that um, and this is just including, like a, including including the uh, the girls in in judo when he was twenty two years old when you, you know you're, you're doing the uh, maybe let's not go down that road. Um, <laughs> strange fellow as the night goes on. Strange fella. Um, you've got to bear in mind that 
um, and this is not my choice. This is like a, a style thing. At, you know, company bosses ahead uh, above me. We don't do point fives. We always do. You know, so it can't be six point five. It has to be mm. six or seven. Um, so that that's probably hinders me slightly in being able to explain it a bit more. Maybe Doyle would have been a seven point five for that game rather than a seven. But you know, it's neither here nor there. Really, it's only an opinion. Um, but yeah, I sort of start off at a six, a, a six sort of average. Um, and then it's very much depending on the way I score it. Um, the overall performance and scoreline uh, for the team has a, has some bearing on it because I, you know, I can't be giving someone a nine when you just lost four nil. Sure. For example, that has some small bearing on it. Um, but the overall mark is given for in each individual is purely on their own performance. But it's their performance alongside their influence on the final scoreline is how I mark it. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I come to come to decisions based on that. Um, I mean, there'll be sometimes, occasionally, where I might, uh, in hindsight, you know, a few days later, think, oh, maybe I could have done this or that. Um, you've got to bear in mind I'm writing these straight after the game, and they go out the following day as well. But um, yeah, it's just an opinion. You, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. It's um, not that deep. It's not that deep. But if you disagree with me, um, just you know, say it politely. Um, if not, also- you might, otherwise you might get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll tell you what there'll be some people who say that they love being blocked and inside they are crying oh, oh I can't see the tweets anymore Grow oh, up. where's my wolf's content gone um, I mean if you're 5 out of 10 you've had a disappointing game if you're 4 out of 10 you've had a bit of a shocker if you're anything less crikey I yeah. mean, don't, just don't don't look at it but also a couple of things I would say Liam um, to add to that if you're Jose Sar and you've won 3-0 and or four nil or five nil, and you've had nothing to do. You're probably going to get a six. You're probably going to go where you started because you didn't have a lot to do in the game. It doesn't mean to say you played badly. It just means to say you weren't very active. So we can't really give you anything more than that. Yeah, um, I think I went. I think for Everton specifically, I think I did seven for for Jose. Well, yeah, because there were a couple of balls that he was, you know, that, that you could, exactly um, that, that you know um, could have been wrong footed. I thought he he saved him fine. Absolutely no problem. Probably expect them to do it, but it was still needed to be there. So I think, and, and it was also fine. that Wolves have had very few clean sheets this season, and that was a clean sheet, and that's a that's a big thing, and his overall impact on getting that clean sheet, I thought, was worthy of um, of a seven. But yeah, look. We've all, we've, we've all got opinions, um, and this is the beauty of football. How easy is it to get a 10 out of 10? I've, I mean, I've been reporting on football for some years now. As you say, I'm weathered, I'm getting old. Mm. Um, I've never once given a 10. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, to be fair, I've never been in the situation where I felt I was even close to giving a 10, to be honest. Really? I think... What is a 10? Like a complete hat-trick performance or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I feel like it's something like that. I mean, there was a... I th- I'm trying to remember exactly. I think it was a Ruben Neves performance against Newcastle at home, maybe, a year or two ago, mm. that I was... I think I might have contemplated it once, maybe, potentially. There might have been a couple of other times where I thought about... It. I mean, I thought Cunha was absolutely unbelievable against against Everton, but it didn't it didn't spring to mind for me to go for a ten there. Um, I might be I might be being slightly too harsh on the ten, and to be honest, it's something I've never I've not really come to a final conclusion on how I would give one. But I've always been of the mindset that it's got to be something that's perfect. It's got to be if you're a striker, it's got to be you know a hat trick. If you're a I don't even know how I would give it to a defender, to be honest. I mean, you've got to make three goal line clearances and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's, it, I don't know how exactly I would I would do it. I, I think, 
yeah, I, I just don't think I've seen a performance yet that for me warrants it. But there's some very, very strong nines out there and, and Cooney was one from the other day. Um, I said there's a complete performance, Liam, for our, in this Everton victory. I was thinking about this in the last over the last couple of days and, you know, what's changed? Because I think we're both really enjoying and very invested in this team at this moment in time. And the word that I come back to, which, you know, maybe is... It's not really wanted how they've how they play on the pitch or what they've done, um, you know, behind closed doors. But for me, they're just they're likable. They're a likable group of players, and I think you want them to do well. When when you're likable, you root for them, and you, I think you you can really feel the energy there. And I think that there's obviously been some issues with players in previous seasons. A lot of them have kind of like gone on loan now. Know, including kind of like Fabio as well, you know, whether whether there was an issue there or not. But obviously it wasn't working for him, but the likes of Guedes, the likes of Daniel Pedent, you know, Mateus Nunes has gone. Um, you know, all these players who maybe had issues or kicked up fusses or didn't turn up for training. And even going back to um I know he's doing very well now and, and there were but there were a few issues there with like, you know, your Morgan Gibbs Whites and, and those kind of characters that kind of like can be quite difficult characters to assess sometimes. And maybe more complex characters. And I don't want to do them a disservice, but at the same time, this group of players that Wolves have got at the moment, that Gary O'Neill, I think, is as much as people's ability. I think Gary O'Neill puts the character of the player first, and he wants to have a squad at Compton to work day to day that are, are very likable, as well as obviously exceptionally good players. And I feel like that is even though he's been there for just over six months, that's kind of coming across in the way that they play, in the way that they put themselves out there. You want them to do well. You're willing them to do well, not just for the team itself, but for, you know, for, for them as an individual. And I think that's a great, great, you know, bit to have, great little piece of, of, of a bit of nugget to have, really, that they are likeable. Yeah, absolutely. There's, with a, a sort of troublemaker, if you will, in, in football, um, with someone who puts the cat amongst the pigeons, someone who riles up an op- opposition, or even your own teammates, there's a time and a place where that can really work to the benefit of a team. But once that starts to turn a little bit, once that becomes a little bit sour, once there's a player who is very vocal and doesn't want to be at Wolves anymore, or any team that is, that becomes a big problem. And... We've spoken about it this week. It's, I think it's a really important subject to, to broach on the podcast as well. But um, and we spoke about it a lot, actually, to be honest. That the, the work the Wolves have done specifically in the last just well, just over a year now since Matt Hobbs became sporting director to bring players in that want to be at Wolves and move players on that don't want to be at Wolves. It sounds a really simple concept. Yeah, you want players here that want to be here. Of course you do. But there was a time and a place, Goncalo Guedes is the main example of this, um, from, from recent times anyway, of players coming in through a certain agent because the money's too good to turn down and they didn't really want to make the move in the first place and it all ended in tears. Now, Wolves are, are avoiding that now. Now, they're not doesn't mean they're not going to use certain agents. I think they're going to use everyone um, they can to their advantage, but they're bringing in the right characters as well as, as, well as the right players. So... That, I think, is a really intelligent way of going about it. That has played to Wolves' benefit over the last year or so, certainly last six months under Gary O'Neill. And then equally, the Gary O'Neill's approach to that, I think, is added to the to the group. Because 
they've got a group of players there that yes might be a bit short, might be missing a few areas, they might you know, need a bit more depth. Um, they've definitely got talent in that team, and, you, and we've seen that. But I think there's definitely an argument that they can add a bit more quality here and there. Um, if we're looking just on paper at the, the players and how they performed in previous seasons. But there is undoubtedly a group there that wants to be there, that wants to play for this manager, that wants to play for these fans. And that goes a long way. And that, alongside lots of moments of quality and lots of tactical quality from Gary O'Neill, that has played a big part in carrying Wolves to where they are right now. So that's really, really important. And Gary O'Neill deserves credit for being able to bring that out of these players, bring that those players together, this squad together, with a strong leadership group. And the leadership side of it is also important. They did a lot of work in bringing big characters and big leaders back into this team and forging a leadership group in the summer. Um, all of that added together has created a team that has that is representing the fan base and is connected to the fan base. And that, at a club like Wolves, is where you're going to have success. Because Wolves fans just want players that are going to run and play for this team and this team are doing that and, and more, to be honest. You love to see it, Mr. Liam Keane. Uh, tell you what else you love to see. And I haven't said this all season. And I've been desperate to say it. But the time has come. Wolves have delivered. Do you know what I'm going to say? I actually don't. I'm not. I'm scared. Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club are... Oh, no. Top of the glob, baby. We are <laughs> top of the glob. For the first time this season, Wolverhampton Wanderers have gone ahead of Bournemouth and they are officially top of the glob. Can you believe it? I mean, it's it's a dream come true, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've, been, I've been worrying, praying for this glob league to, uh, to be a success. I mean, we're flying. Gary O'Neill, I think when he came into the press conference after the Everton game, the first thing he said was, top of the glob, baby. He was, uh, he was he delighted. Went, Judah, top <laughs> of the glob, <laughs> lad. Um, still doesn't know who I am. It's fine. Um, so, uh, played 20, 28 points. Absolutely insane. They are top of the glob. They are ahead of Bournemouth in second, Fulham in third, Palace in fourth, Forest in fifth, Brentford in sixth, Everton in 7th and Burnley in 8th. Remember, we are writing off Luton Town and Sheffield United. However, Luton could be coming into the club. They could be coming into the club. I mean, they're four points ahead of Burnley. I don't want to make any knee-jerk reactions at this moment in time. But 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 Luton are slowly, slowly getting into that, that little area where you think, OK, maybe. I still think Luton are going down. I've got to be honest. So I'm keeping them out at this moment in time. Sheffield United... Hadoon. How they've got nine points, I don't know. Three of them against Wolves, but we'll move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, top of the glob. And being top of that glob, Liam, not only gives you the top of the glob trophy, which I'm sure every Wolves player wants, but also you've got to start looking up. They are level on points with Chelsea. They are three points away from Manchester United in eighth and Brighton in seventh. And when I'm talking about seventh and eighth, Liam, as I got a lot of tweets after the game. When we are looking at three points away, we're looking at the E word. And I'm not talking about the stuff that's shoveled in your sophisticated parties on New Year's Eve. I'm talking about Europe, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm saying it. Europe. Now, it's crazy. It's unlikely. However, Liam, from what you've seen so far, especially with 
VAR over the last 20 games, Wolves could be, and potentially should be, up there in 7th and 8th already. Is it the most ridiculous shout, and the same ridiculous shout as we thought 15 games ago, that Wolves could have a bit of a sweat coming into the season for a, for a Europa League place? And when I say sweat, I mean not just Wolves, but Nathan Judah's pocket as well, because that suckling pig <laughs> could be sweating away on that barbecue in May uh, with Wolverhampton Wanderers and two and a half, three, four, five, thirteen thousand Wolves fans queuing up at Sage Judah for a bit of a barbecue party. Genuinely, would be one of the highlights of my life if that barbecue <laughs> happens. I mean, I don't, Imagine. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm gonna to have to back Max Kilman to score the first goal a few more times, I think, as well, because uh, I am. I'm I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Excited, but excited, worried at the same time. Well, I don't mean to bring you back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, hit me. Go on. Uh, I don't mean to be a party pooper. Okay. I ap- Wolves are absolutely um, approaching the conversation. I'll put it that way. Um, I mean, they are they are close. You know, they points wise, but I think there's, there's obviously a long way to go. So I think they're approaching the conversation. Um, they're certainly one of the informed teams. They'll be, if they continue this form, they will be certainly in and around it. Mm-hmm. My only question mark right now is with the size of the squad, what may or may not happen in January? Will they run out of steam a little bit? Uh, will they have enough to take them over the line? Um, I think it's definitely a a question uh, to to consider, and I'm not convinced as as much as I would love it. I, I'm not convinced. But even to be talking about this at this point on the third of January, 2024 shows how good a job Gary O'Neill and these players have done. Um, and they deserve huge credit for that. So um, as close as they get to it, or whether they do it at all, it, it's, it's a success for me. I think it has to be a success for, for werewolves have come from uh, from the summer. But I'll They're leave way you... ahead of what you thought, though, aren't oh, they? Oh, I mean, I mean, they, they've everybody... exceeded all expectations. I mean, we both had them around about 14th-ish mm-hmm. St- mm-hmm. From, from the summer, which was... Uh, exceeding expectations from a lot of people who thought they were going to be in relegation zone already, but um, even we seem to have undercooked it. Uh, the Wolves <laughs> are 11th, um, flying high, and whether they do finish 14th or whether they finish 8th, um, provided they keep the the same kind of uh, atmosphere around the fans, the same kind of fight, drive uh, and performances, even if results don't follow to some extent and they run out of steam a little bit, I think it's it's a successful season regardless. But I would leave you with, with this, and this is a, and again, I understand it's early in the season because it'll only be end of January, but there's not a lot of Premier League games this month because of the winter break and FA Cup, but could mm-hmm. you imagine mm-hmm. Monday 22nd of January, mm-hmm. just imagine the thoughts that might be going through a few people's heads if Wolves go to Brighton and beat them. Oh, I mean, I tell you what. That that I think that game on its own, considering yeah. there's not a lot of Premier League games, considering it's Brighton, I think we're a very good side, but the, obviously the team you just mentioned there who were in seventh and three points yeah. out of Wolves. Mm-hmm. If Wolves go there and beat them, that yeah. is going to get a lot of people excited. Oh, I just got excited, Kino. You got me excited. Oh, you got me go. excited. So Monday I'm not 100% sure. There you go. I'm not 100% sure about the, the whole thing in general. But I will leave you with that little tease. Could you imagine? Wow. Oh, my heart's fluttering. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, could be. Look, it's nice to have a bit of a sweat. And let's be honest, 
the most important thing now. You look at that table, 28 points from 20 games. Liam, I mean, Wolves are not going down. I mean, that's for certain, right? You caught me while I was drinking a drink. Um, Sorry. Absolutely not going down. Not going down. No absolutely 100% not going down. In fact, and bizarrely enough, you talk about the magic 40 points. They're on 28. A couple more wins. Probably probably even it might, even four points over the next 18 games might be enough to... to to survive relegation this season, that's I think where where we're going. Maybe I think a little we said bit this quite a while that. ago, actually. That yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You're probably early thirties to be early safe 30s. this season, They're considering the standard. I 100 percent agree. So you know, and and I do think that having the having the having the comfort zone of knowing that they're absolutely fine. Kind of will just unlock a few players, and I think that's what you've seen with the likes of Mateus Cunha recently. Huang He Chan, they're playing with freedom. You know, when when Mateus Cunha comes at the start of last season, one he's learning, um, you know, a brand new league. Two, he's coming from, you know, completely different countries to to play, and and three, he's in a relegation battle where the football is not particularly good, and they've got to grind out results, points here, points there, three points here, couple of defeats. In the middle of a winter, brutal winter, it's actually quite warm at this moment in time. Actually, they're, they're playing with freedom. They're they're enjoying their football. They're kind of embedded in this team, and I think you're starting to see that in some of the performances. And that's why I hold out a little bit of hope going into 2024, where there is that comfort zone now, where you can go and express yourself. And really, we haven't been able to say that about a Wolves team for such a long time either because they've been struggling in the league, they've been looking over the shoulders, they're in the relegation zone, they've got new managers who are trying to work out, they've brought new players in, so some of them have to take a back seat. Actually, where they are at this moment in time as a squad, they know their roles, they know um, the structure of the football club, they know that Gary O'Neill's got their backs, they know the style they want to play, and I think it's, you know, with a couple of additions, you might see uh, Wolves shock a few more teams as well, because... It's um, it's not ridiculous shout to say they could be in the mix for seventh or eighth come this end of the season. And you talk about expressing yourself. Just look at the goals on their own, not just the manner of the goals and some of the the attacking phases of play that Wolves put together against Everton. Which there was one in particular that ended with a Jao Gomez shot. That had that gone in, that might have been goal of the season. I mean, it was a magnificent phase of play um, from, from Wolves and. Wolves are one goal away from equaling last season's whole goal tally in the Premier League. I mean... That's incredible. That, you know, <laughs> they played 20 games. That is a huge difference. Um, and it's the way Gary Neal is setting them up and the, the freedom they are being allowed to play with. Um, I think the, the, the overall message is that it's not going to be perfect between now and the end of... May because if it is Wolves would be fighting for the title and that's not where they are but what it should be hopefully is consistent and if it's consistent within the realms of what Wolves uh, potentially could achieve this season then they could go on and do something but um, there's a lot of football to play between now and May there really is looking forward to it right um, so who are the players that Wolverhampton Wolves will have to do without for some time, maybe might might be a couple of games, might be four games in the FA Cup. But who uh, who are currently away with their respective countries, and we're not expecting them back anytime soon. 
Yes, big misses. Um, I'll start with Bibacar Troyori, which no offence to, to him will be um, less of a miss than the other two. Um, obviously, you only just come back from illness and a small knock as well. Um, but a player that I, I quite like, he's a bit haphazard at times, but I actually thought he did quite well off the bench um, at Everton and, and set up a couple of chances. Um, full of energy, full of endeavour, um, a bit raw, but a player that, that I'm quite, yeah, potentially excited by if you rough around the edges a little bit, uh, smoothing him out. But he's, uh, Bubakar Troy is heading off with, with Mali to the um, African Cup of Nations. So they're, uh, group games uh, are from the 16th of Jan to the 24th. Um, they've got a couple of friendlies as well coming up pretty soon before the tournament starts. And they he's so far been named in the preliminary squad. So mm-hmm. if when the tournament starts and whenever the date is that they set to announce their full squad, there's obviously a potential he could get cut. I think he's only played one senior game for them as well. So I don't think it's completely... Out of the rounds of possibility that he that he yeah that he that he is cut and doesn't go. So that would obviously be a boost to Wolves getting back, but I think for the player it'd be great experience for him to go and play. So um yeah, he's gonna be away for you know, until the end of January, um or or middle of the final week in January at the very least. It depends how they get on. They've got South Africa, Tunisia and Namibia in their group. Um I'm not as well versed with African football um, as I am with the Premier League, but I think Tunisia have always been okay. South Africa in previous years, obviously with the World Cup a you know, decade or so ago, okay. So I don't think it's an easy group by any means, but it depends how, how Mali get on. So yeah, he'll be away initially. Um, the same goes for Ryan Aignori, who's out with Algeria, who Algeria in years gone by have always had a pretty strong team. Um, they went out in the group stages in the last tournament, but they've... Um, They've been very good in their qualifying for this tournament. So I think they'll be in a strong position going into it. Um, and if you've got Ryan Aignor in your team, you're going to do pretty well because I think he's a very good player. So um, obviously he's only just switched or recently switched nationalities as well. So he's um, he's 100% in their, uh, in their final squad and he definitely will be away. So their group games are from the 15th of January to the 23rd. They've got uh, Angola, Burkina Faso and a... Country I genuinely have never heard of before. I'm sorry if I can't pronounce it right. Mauritania. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I genuinely have never read that word before. Um, I probably should have should have <laughs> planned this rather than reading it now. Um, so I, I mean, again, again, I'm from limited knowledge on African football, but I am going to sort of give a bit of a prediction to say that I, I would expect Algeria to get through that group. Um, so we'll we'll lose him for a little bit longer potentially um, into into February, um, and as you say, yeah, it could be potentially four games depending on how we how they get on. Um, so they're both with the Africa Cup of Nations, and then we've got Mr. Huang He Chan um, off with South Korea at the Asia Cup. South Korea will definitely be one of the stronger teams at this tournament. Um, I would expect them to go quite far, uh, but depends. Uh, yeah, depends what happens in in the group stages. That's uh, that's the decider. They've got a they've got a friendly with a rack uh, coming up on uh, Saturday as well, actually by the by the looks of it. Um, and yeah, they've got Bahrain, Jordan, and Malaysia in their group from the fifteenth to the twenty fifth of January. Again, same as um, same exactly the same dates as Eight uh, Nori. Oh no, he's the twenty third of January. Ignore me. Anyway, fifteenth to twenty fifth, um, and you'd expect to lose him into into February as well. So luckily for Wolves, in that 
they they don't have as many games. They've obviously got Brentford on Friday in the FA Cup. They may have a replay of that um, if they if it's a draw. Um, they then got the weekend off. They've got uh, Brighton on Monday. They go to Abu Dhabi. Second, well, they go to Abu Dhabi. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Brighton on Monday the twenty second, and then they've got um, Man United on February the first before going into February's games, which are fairly standard after that. So, um, going to be a miss to lose all three of them. Um, certainly, eight Nori and Huang. No disrespect to Troy Tr- 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 but those two are guaranteed starters. When do you and, say the Asia, um, Asia Cup finishes, Kino? Uh, when does the Asia Cup finish? Mm. Uh, well, let me Google it and I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> to hand there. Uh, 10th uh, of Feb. 10th of Feb, so which which is the game that Wolves play Brentford in. So, you know, Correct. Huang Hee-Chan, if they get to the final, will be available. Uh, you know, fitness obviously determining that uh, away at Spurs on the 17th of February. But some of these players could return before that, couldn't they? Um you know, Brighton on the 22nd, Wolves, Man United on the 1st, Chelsea away on the 4th, and Brentford uh, at home on the 10th. Maybe that, that Brentford tie at home on the 10th sounds like a, a bit of a tasty one if, if a couple of players were to return. Just the betting odds, Liam, um, for some of the teams that are in the Asia Cup, just to see what chance they've got of um, maybe progressing. Uh, so we've got Algeria are joint second favourites, along with Morocco and Ivory Coast. This is the African so combinations you're talking African about. African combinations, yeah, this yeah. one. I'm going to go to the Asia Cup in a minute. So, but Algeria, 7-1 to favourites. Some have them as outright favourites for the competition. So, yeah, you could think that, you know, Ryan Nouri will probably miss, um, if the Algeria won deep, most of those games. And African um, combinations uh, is up until the 11th of Feb, so it's a day longer than the Asia longer. Cup. So, it, I mean, they're both very, very similar in dates. But, yeah, you're right, they... Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine you'd probably lose Huang and Aitnor until the latter stages, and maybe that Brentford one is a is a toss up depending on if they get to the final or not. What other country we're looking at for the Afcon? Uh, Mali. Mali. Mali are twenty five to one. So you know, and, and like I said, Bubakar might be struggling anyway. But three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that would probably make them into the the last the last sixteen. Probably they're predicted to get into the last sixteen. So. We'll see about that. I think that Bubakar, you know, you might be seeing Bubakar earlier than that for certain, and definitely if he's not in that squad. And South Korea was second favourites to win the Asia Cup. Japan nine to four favourites. South Korea five to one. Uh, Australia thirteen to two. So second favourite should expect them to probably make the final um, and run deep into the competition. And I think Wang, with the quotes that he said today, uh, desperate to win that. You know, with Son in there as well. You'd have thought, I mean, five to one. I think that's probably a good price, really. Um, in that in that Asia Cup, so yeah, we we shall see. But um, look, like you say, there's plenty of players who can step up in the meantime. Are there some players who we don't know of at this moment in time who could step up, Liam? Because January is here. That means that the transfer window is well and truly open. And as Gary O'Neill has said, they are looking to make some signings. What signings could they make? What signings couldn't they make? Are they going to spend a few million here, a few million there, or is it going to be? Um, a little bit of mix and matching it with with permanent signings and loans. What is the state of play at this moment in time? And also, on the back of that, do they need to make a load of signings at this moment in time with where they are in the league? Carry on. Yeah, I'll start very quickly with that last point. There's mm. definitely an argument uh, to say that the position Wolves have got themselves in with Gary Neal and a lot of the forward players offering up good numbers is that they don't need to rush. There's certainly an argument to say that they, if, if it isn't the perfect player and the perfect deal in January, that 
you wait until the summer and do it. You will take a little bit of a risk with the depth of the squad, but there's certainly an argument to say that rather than bringing a player in that maybe isn't quite right or maybe isn't quite the right deal for whatever reason and you make a few compromises. You, you don't always get the perfect deal. You might have to make one or two compromises, but if you're making too many, there's an argument to wait. So that's that's a, a point that I think is worth making, first of all. Um, and then really where Wolves are for financial constraints and, and January. Um, and it shouldn't come as any surprise based on what they did in the summer um, that Wolves are going to have to still be cautious in January. Um, we're going to find out in the next few weeks, um, maybe going into February, depends on the exact date they release the accounts, um, but we'll find out the loss that Wolves made uh, last year. It's quite confusing and, and, and strange how they bring it out a year later. So the year that's we're currently in now, we won't find that out until a year's time. Um, but we'll find out the loss that Wolves made which is expected to be estimated at around 60 to 80 million, somewhere in that region. Um, you've got to go along the, the three-year cycle for the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. Um, formerly FFP, I'll call it FFP here just because everyone knows what that means and it's just easier. So I'll say FFP going forward. Um, the three-year cycle, Wolves made a £46 million loss that first year. This second year, which is the one we're going to get the, the accounts for, um, pretty soon is expected to be 60 to 80 million pound loss the clubs are allowed uh, over a three-year cycle up to 105 million pound loss anything more than that is breaching the rules and is in danger of a penalty which is the exact situation that Everton have found themselves in and uh, I'll come on to a bit more of that actually in a second so with that bearing in mind Wolves have to make a big profit uh, in this financial year that we're currently in now which doesn't end until April they made a big profit in the summer based on all the players they let go, uh, all the big names they let go, some of the big sales they made. Obviously, Collins going for good money, Nunes going, etc., etc. So they made a big profit there with the money coming in as opposed to going out. But they're still in a position in January. And Gary Neal has alluded to this recently, and I think it's clear he's been he's been told of what the expectations should be for January because his rhetoric I think to be fair has changed a little bit where he said look if we if we have to use young players we will we'll do our best but there's no guarantees I think it's important to to take what he's saying on face value there because Wolves are in a situation where they can't go out and spend recklessly things could potentially change if they have a couple of outgoings and they might have a little bit more wiggle room but it's very much a case a case of managing those expectations at the moment um, as far as I understand it Wolves are not in a position that they're going to be signing anyone Particularly quickly, I don't think there'll be anything going uh, happening. You know, in the next day or two, I think it will take a little bit of time in the window. Wait for a few things to change, a few dominoes to fall, um, and then alongside that, it's unlikely to be any big deals. Any anything that's going to maybe get fans off their seats like it was in last January. It's more to be maybe a couple of loans here and there, maybe the odd deal if they can get something to you know a small fee that might work for them, but. It's going to have to be very cautious because, as I say, the financial year goes up until April and Wolves have to make sure they get through. And the final point I'll make on that is we spoke about this previously when Everton got docked 10 points. Wolves were vindicated uh, in their approach to sticking to the rules because of the precedent being set. At the time it wasn't, but it has been since. The precedent being set of, of a, a punishment being handed out and Everton have had that. And in the last couple of days, there's been reports from very reputable organisations and very reputable journalists to say that Everton are potentially at risk of a second breach, which, wow. could, which could be really catastrophic for them. 
and Forest, Nottingham Forest, are also uh, in the next couple of weeks going to find out if they've potentially breached. And this could spell big issues for both those clubs and big punishments. And this, I think, and I don't think, I know, vindicates the position Wolves um, put themselves in um, and the rules they followed uh, and took all the criticism on board from supporters in the summer. But they did that to avoid potentially big sanctions. And we've already seen one with Everton and we might see some more coming up. A few... um... Your apologies, maybe for some fans, uh, with the way that they reacted in the summer, potentially with uh, with their reaction to it, and this is all mumbo jumbo. Maybe a few apologies to certain journalists for some of the stick that some people got in the <laughs> well, summer. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. It. Not not for the people listening to this podcast, obviously. But uh, there were there were, there were it, was, it was a sticky situation, so to speak, that people didn't believe some of the stuff that was coming out, and that you were you were obviously letting people know, Liam. So I'll say I'll say it uh, for. For a lot of those other naysayers, uh, Liam, you, you're an excellent journalist and, you know, you stuck to your guns and you were quite right in what you were saying. So congratulations to you. Thank you very um, much. Right. OK, let's move on slightly. Um, still talking about signings, but I was thinking about this the other day and we're talking about, we've talked a little bit about why, what, what, do they really need to do it? Do they need, really need to, to sign? And, and the, the question, is, the, I guess the answer is, is that they don't. They don't need to. They've got a small squad, but they can manage it. And where they are at this moment in the season, they can get away with maybe a small addition here, there, or a backup here, or a backup there, and a little bit of squad depth. But I'm thinking, Liam, Gary O'Neill's done such a good job, and yet he's done such a good job for with with the players that he's he's obviously come in, but the players have already been there. He's had to deal with them. And I think just for Gary O'Neill's point of view, with what he's produced and the way that he's managed this squad and where they are in this Premier League table, he hasn't had the chance to bring in really a player that he really wanted to yet. I know they signed, you know, some players in, you know, to, on deadline day, etc. But those would have been players that they were looking at already and decisions they had to make. But now he probably gets his first look at players where he's had three, four, five months to prepare, where he thinks, I want that player, I want that player. And probably Matt Hobbs and, and Jeff Shear going, oh, you've done a great job, Gary. You fancy that player. You've got, you know, you, you're doing great work. You've obviously got an eye for players who who, who you like. We'll, we'll try and get you that player. And I think maybe just having someone who Gary O'Neill wants to bring in for the first time is is probably, you can understand why they want to do that, if that makes sense. Because, you know, we've discussed about Fabio leaving. You know, he, he talked about Sasha Kalajic and saying, look, he's going nowhere at this moment in time because of, um, werewolves are squad-wise, but if we if we bring in one, two, three, four players, or you know a couple of players, or a striker, then um, you know Nathan Fraser being linked with a move away as well on loan. He's probably going to go on loan at some point. Was it Shrewsbury on on Saturday? You think well, he could be. You know, Sasha Kalajic could leave at the end of this and end of January if they get a striker in. Um, because he wants to play football, and Gary O'Neill probably wants to bring a player in who who he wants, and you can understand that, I guess, to a certain extent, even if it's probably not going to change the, or move the needle, you know, to push them into the the upper echelons of the maybe like you know the top six of the Premier League or the bottom six, but just having a Gary O'Neill play for Gary O'Neill. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a good point. I think he's probably earned a little bit of that good favour, hasn't he? Um, but equally, the way Wolves work is, you know, they've got Matt Hobbs, they've got a, a recruitment scouting team. Um, that work all the way throughout the year and work ahead to two, three transfer windows ahead, and um, have a you know put a lot of work into into identifying targets and watching players. Um, 
they do a lot of work and and I think there's a there's a trust there where they will put players to Gary O'Neill and he'll have a chance to sit down, watch tape, look at this player, look at the stats, look at all the figures and make a decision. Um he, you know, he won't have you know, the final call necessarily, Gary O'Neill, because if the club feel like it's a good investment and want to bring a player in, they they'll do that. But I don't think the club will at any point want to upset Gary Neal by bringing a player in that he desperately doesn't want. So it's a bit of a um, you know a to and throw, a bit of give and take. There's a there's certainly um, a say for him to have there, but equally you know Wolves of the of the club uh, that no disrespect to Gary Neal will be here long after Gary Neal's gone, and 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 they're the club that has to look after themselves financially and, and the right players, etc. So, um, yeah, there's a bit of give and take there, but there's a good relationship there with, with Gary and Neil, the hierarchy, Matt Hobbs in particular, and, and the way that they work. And there's certainly a trust with the players. But he has earned a bit of that favour. If he turns around and says, I really want this player, and Wolves can make it work, uh, again, for January that might be difficult after the reasons we've just explained, but in general, for, for transfer windows in general, um, then, yeah, I think Wolves would be open to to allowing him that um, and they've got to listen to what he needs and wants as well because he's the one that puts the team out there he's the one that sees them every day and, and you know has to put the team together tactically and, and choose a starting 11 so mm-hmm. there's a I think I think Wolves fans should be feeling pretty content with the people uh, at the helm and the people that are hopefully pushing this club forward because they're in a what feels like and just in terms of how everything's gone in the last year or so, but also um, the the facts and, and the results in front of us. Uh, you know, this is the club that's in a good place right now. Yeah, we're running along in this podcast, so apologies uh, to everyone. Uh, we it's going to be oh, cracky. We are one hour and five minutes in, so we'll we'll try and move it along. Just very the last thing then on, on transfers, very quickly, Liam. Um, recalls. Um, you know, what was a recalled? Uh, I think Harvey Griffiths. Uh, Today from Warsaw, or was it yesterday? It might have been today. Yesterday, yesterday. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, sorry. Um, player sales, obviously, you've got Geddes at the moment, you've got Daniel Pedence at the moment. Is there any way of them being permanent and maybe getting some cash in in January? Is that an option? Um, and also, could you see, do you think it'll be a household name, or would you realistically think that these will be loan signings that maybe will be people we might not have heard too much of if they are to bring players in? Just very quickly, in, in those three questions. Yes, so the, the four lads coming back, um, Hyver Griffiths, Alfie Pond, Tyler Roberts, um, Ollie Tipton. Um, Griffiths and Pond both played for Wolves against uh, Blackpool off the bench in the Carabao Cup, so neither of them can be loaned out to EFL clubs again. Um, they can be loaned further down the pyramid into the National League um, if Wolves think that's the right decision, but my instincts are telling me right now that they would probably rather keep them with the 21s. Um, but again, that's that's up in the air. Um, but could they go to, to a grasshoppers? I mean, well, I mean, in theory, yes. Um, both being British lads, I'm not sure that okay. that would happen. But okay. in theory, yes. Um, I mean, Gr- Griffiths in particular didn't play a lot at Wolves. He played three times. Only one of them was in the league, and it was a 13 minute spell off the bench. So, not the most successful of loan, but certainly, you know, being around senior players at a club where you know every point matters the pressure he'll have learnt a lot just not as much on the pitch as they would have liked um, and then Tyler Roberts and Ollie Tipton can be loaned back out again um, I would suspect they probably do get spells but it depends on um, on the individuals and I think Wolves are going to take a bit of time to make the decision there so we'll, we'll should hear more hopefully in the in the coming weeks on 
on those two in particular um, and, and where they go uh, if, if they do get another loan. Um, yeah, on the uh, some of the players that are loaned out already, um, I'll, I'll focus on Geddes only, only for the reason being that um, there's been some reports about him and uh, I know there was a question about him as well. So uh, the reports being that um, Villarreal and a Saudi club, an unnamed Saudi club, uh, want to sign him permanently. Um, Don't get me wrong, Wolves, I'm sure, would be absolutely buzzing if they could uh, get some money for him, um, make enough, as as much of that £27.5 they paid for him back as possible um, and let him go. It doesn't seem like it's going to be realistic in January. Um, The reason being that uh, Wolves don't have a recall on his loan at Benfica. Um, he isn't playing loads there. I think he's only played 10 times in all competitions so far this season. He's, he's, he's definitely not having a, a successful loan, but it would depend on Benfica ending the loan themselves um, and terminating the loan, which at this stage seems pretty unlikely. So if that happens, there's definitely possibilities. And, and I'm sure the reports of those clubs being interested is accurate because I'm sure those clubs would, would want Gonzalo Guedes. But it seems unlikely because Wolves don't have the recall. If Wolves had the recall, they could bring him back and sell him mm-hmm. a day later. But I, yeah. I, it seems unlikely. Um, and what was the final bit you asked me about? Oh, God. Um, oh, it was about... Um, about the loan signings and, you know, it was going to be a household name or yeah. someone who maybe, like, you know, might be a little bit more obscure. Yeah, I sort of said it in, the, in, in the, the first bit about the transfers. It's probably less likely to be big deals, more likely to be, to be loans and probably not big, exciting names that, that people would would maybe hope for. Um, I know Wolves played 15 million for him, but an example would be someone like Jao Gomez. Now, Wolves won't pay 15 million for a player in January unless a lot changes and they get some players out the door and all of a sudden there's free cash. Um, but someone of that uh, of that ilk who is not well-known, um, highly thought of, they're the kind of signings you would expect Wolves to make um, if they're able to bring uh, a couple in in January, but um, not expect anything to happen too quickly. Um, just very quickly, finally, because I know you mentioned it uh, briefly about Nathan Fraser. So yes, he was at the Shrewsbury game the other day. Um, Shrewsbury have had a long-standing interest in him. It was, you know, we'd reported on it in the summer. They they desperately want him on loan, but there's several clubs that are after him at the moment. Wolves, as I reported yesterday, are going to Abu Dhabi during the winter break. As it stands right now, Nathan Fraser is going to be going with Wolves to Abu Dhabi, and there won't be a decision on a loan until they're back from that, which will be mid-January. Um, but things obviously could change because they don't leave to, for Abu Dhabi until the eighth. So if they decide that no, let's get this is a great loan for them. Let's get him out sooner rather than later. Then they might do it, but there's no guarantees. Okay, excellent. Uh, I was going to mention one other thing, but I've forgotten now. So oh no, that's it. Well, we'll go on to questions now, um, and then because the first question I think is something that you know with January window. And we look at players coming in, look at players going out as well. So let's start with with the questions from Indian Taipan. And he says, great chance to build on this team in the summer, but who could be at risk of being le- of being poached? So he talks about Pedro Neto, but also the likes of Mario Lamina, Huang Hee Chan, Max Kilman, perhaps even Zhao Gomez. You know, Wolves are doing very, very well in this league. And we talk about bringing players in, but there will always be um, an attraction for certain players as well. I mean, I, I think Liverpool have been linked with Huang Hee Chan, but... Very, very difficult in this window, and I'm I'm pretty sure and pretty confident that they won't go. But there will be interested inquiries. Easy for me to say inquiries. Crikey! Uh, Happy New Year to me. I think I'm still on the champers. Um, There will be interest in those players, as you would expect. 
can Wolves rebuff all of them or has everyone got a price or do you think that this will be, you know, no, let's look at it in the summer, but at this moment in time, no one is going to go, especially those key players. I mean, it would take big money for any of those players for, for Wolves to even consider it in January. But Wolves are always a club that if big money uh, or good offer is on the table, it's something they consider. And consider would be a conversation. doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to take it, but it, it's something that they would consider and look at. But it would take big money for any of those four players mentioned there to to have any chance of going in January. The likelihood is that Wolves don't lose anyone big in January, um, unless for those reasons I've just mentioned there's a big offer coming in. Um, what is more likely is that there'll be plenty of clubs interested in these players in the summer. Huang Chan's going to have a lot of interest. As you mentioned there, Liverpool has been other clubs linked with him and, and Liverpool were linked with him when he first arrived at Wolves as well and had a, had a really good start a couple of years ago. So... Uh, without a doubt, there'll be clubs interest. We know the long-standing interest Arsenal having Pedro Neto. That's gone a lot cooler because of his injury. But by the summer, I'm sure if he st- you know, keeps the same form, they'll be very interested. Kilman, obviously Napoli, we're aware of. Spurs, we're aware of. West Ham's been reported for some time now. There'll be definitely clubs interested in him. Jao Gomez, the player, I think will go for big money from Wolves in the future. Um, I don't think it will be any time particularly soon, but they'll definitely be interested at some point. But it's how far this interest goes, whether big money bids are made and whether Wolves at any point think it's the right decision to make. It would take a lot of money for any of those players to go. And if and when they do, if Wolves think it's the right deal uh, and it's the right price and they can reinvest that money, they'll take it and reinvest in the squad. But it, there's a lot of ifs there. There's got to be you know, a, quite big money for all of those players for Wolves to even think about it as far as I'm concerned. I can remember when you were saying, I think I asked you a question, this must have been about a year ago now, well, best part of a year ago now, and I said, you know, can Zhao Gomez become a household name and, and, uh, at Wolves? And you said no, and I was like shocked. And it was because he will probably, because of the, the if he lives up to his potential, be sold on at a, a very, very um, inflated rate because yeah. that's what that's what they're going to do. And someone as highly talented as Zhao Gomez, and by the way, my word is he played well recently. If, he, if Wolves can triple, quadruple, get massive money for him, then probably a player that they're going to turn around, unfortunately. And look, I hope he's with Wolves for five, six, seven years, but realistically, that's probably not going to happen if he continues on the upward curve that he is currently. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, and that's that's the reason I, yeah, completely the reason I said it. I think that he's such a, a good player and such a talented player that I think if he can reach that potential, um, he'll have left Wolves with big money for him before he's able to become a household name at the club um, and I, obviously I hope I'm wrong he'll be drives Wolves on to a load of success but if Wolves can make big money on him and invest in the squad and, and push themselves further on then, then it might be a, a good deal for everyone but um, one final point I've, I've mentioned this a few times um, over the, the last couple of years I don't ever want to criticise a club for not selling their best players but there, be, there comes a time in every club's sort of cycle and every player's cycle when sometimes it's better to sell on a players at their most valuable. My example of that would be Adama Traore, who um, at one time under Nuno, we're probably talking 2020-ish, um, would have sold for big money. And he ended up leaving Wolves in the summer, just gone for free and signed for Fulham. So obviously hindsight's 2020, and I can't criticise Wolves for not selling their best players because that would be a, a crazy take to to have but one thing I can say is that there's a time and place to sell players for big money you would have got more for Neves at a certain point in his career than you did 
at the in, in his final year of his contract. Again, he also helped Wolves stay in the league. So there's there's a lot of give and take there as well. There'll be moments when Wolves will have a decision to make on all those players we just mentioned. Um, and it depends on the timing. Keenan, we're going to have to have um, a fast round of questions. Are you okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I've got to get onto a Shrewsbury podcast in a minute. <gasps> Sorry about that. <laughs> Welcome 2024. Uh, Vicky Lawson, should we worry that the likes of Man United could take Matt Hobbs? I mean, just maybe just, maybe just not Man United, but other clubs as well. Matt Hobbs done such a great job. Um, you talk about players doing very well and, and being attractive. Is Matt Hobbs attractive to, to other uh, clubs looking for maybe a bit more stability, looking at the job that he's done so far? Uh, without a doubt, I'm sure there'll be clubs that will be monitoring and aware of where Wolves are at. I think there was there was rumours about or reports about um, clubs looking at Matt a long time ago. I think actually before he became sporting director at, at Wolves, if I'm if I'm correct. So football's a a small world um, for the people that are in it. People, a lot of people know other people. There's contacts. People talk. People want to further their own careers, and that's not me saying anything about Matt Hobbs absolutely, but that's just the way football is in general. So. Yeah, I would. Um, I would expect that clubs would would certainly look, but um, I think the way the position Wolves are in at the moment, I would like to think there's a there's no movement on that front. Richard Fletcher, everyone is waxing lyrical about different players at the moment, but would you accept the Everton game was an easy game to shine in? I would like Doyle, Sarabia, and Co to shine when we were away from home under the cosh and need to roll up our sleeves. Maybe judge them then. Rich, I say this with all the love in the world. Stop being so goddamn negative, man. Oh, what's going on, Rich? Come on, man. Oh. You know, you oh. know, I like you. We know Rich. We know him. He's a, he's a good lad. I bumped into him uh, in I think it was Tesco not that long ago. Randomly, he's a good lad. I'm telling you now, Rich. That is a negative take. I I understand the concept of the question. Yet yeah, away from home in a scrappy game, you need some of these players to step up. I completely agree with you. But that Everton game was not an easy game. Ed Wolves made it look easy. Everton were in good form, um, a good side in this Sean, under Sean Dodge. I think they needed a little bit of additions here and there, the same as Wolves, but I think they're a decent team who have probably exceeded some expectations as well this year. So I think I think enjoy it while it's here, Rich. We're getting wins. You can't complain. Michael Morris, given Liam Keane's love of all things USA, would he be keen or not keen on a Wolves preseason summer tour coming across the pond in 2024? massively keen that would be a brilliant trip I would love that, to do that a great trip 100%. what are we thinking pre-season tour we're thinking South Korea probably the favourite option after after it not happening this year yeah there was talk of it again I think they'd be desperate to do it so yeah I, mean, I think we, there's we talk about Huang being big last year going South Korea I mean crikey where he's gone I mean it would be insane I imagine they win the Asia Cup as well Huang Mania Huang Mania I mean I've got Huang Mania I love him ah, what a guy legend legend uh, Rich says what do you think of the vast majority of our young players that get loaned out domestically get very limited game time not many are a success yeah it's it's tough um, I think Wolves have got a very good academy they've got a lot of very good players coming through but you've got to choose the right loans the right times for the right players and it's not an easy task so Wolves have definitely had players who have done well on loan Luke Kundal's done well on a couple of loans it's definitely not a cut and dry all negative um, but it's also a fair point that these loans, these lads have come back. Most of them, it's not gone to plan. So um, I don't envy the people who've got to make those decisions, but I think Wolves are still in a good place with their academy and some of the players that are coming through. Look at Fraser and then also uh, Torreira, who they only signed from Ipswich in the summer, but 
is uh, it's coming through the the twenty ones into the first team. Andy Matthews, are Wolves now out of the glob? If so, what's the new league called? Oh crikey! Um, I don't think Keno. I think you probably agree. Not out of the glob yet. The top of the glob, but not out of the glob. No, I completely agree. They've got to be. They're, they're they're in the glob, top of the glob, but the glob still lives. The glob just still live. Uh, what was the new league called? Oh, if they went out of the glob, obviously they're going to go higher than lower. Oh, then you got to probably stick Euro um, Euro glob trotters like that. Mm, you tried. Well, we can work on it. We can work on it. You tried. 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 Uh, let's have a look Dr Paul Mantle selling Nunes for more than 50 million and getting Doyle for less than 5 million how do you rate that bit of business a few people are actually asking about uh, Doyle can we sign Doyle in January etc doesn't matter he's, he's, he's signing at the end of the season isn't he so there's no there's no rush to sign uh, Tommy Doyle especially why why are they going to spend the money now when they, you know with FFP etc they're going to get it done in the summer but Tommy Doyle is a Wolverhampton Wanderers player and what do you think of the business yeah, I mean, I'd be gobsmacked if they don't take it. It's four point three million, isn't it? I'd be gobsmacked if they don't take that option. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. But um, yeah, uh, look, he's raw still. Tom and has got a bit of work, but I do like him. I think he's very good on the ball, good from set pieces. There's a there's a player certainly in there, um, and for the money that is, I mean, it's it's a, an absolute snip, isn't it? So, no arguments on that front. Um, what I would say is, Mateus Nunes. Didn't have a great year with Wolves. He had good moments, um, a couple of good spells. It was okay at best, probably. Wolves got really good money for him. He's he's done probably. I mean, I've not followed City obviously as closely as Wolves, but I think from what I've seen, he's he's done okay there, but probably not set the world alight. Um, but I I do think he'll go on to be a really good player. I think he'll have a really good career, and I think he'll do pretty well with City. So. Yes, good business overall, but I think you've also got to remember Wolves have lost a, a talented player, regardless of how it went in his first year. Love it. Um, the wonder of two. Will the end-of-season barbecue include a set by Robert Plant and everyone attempting the half-time, oh, what a shot game in your back garden? Crikey, can you imagine? Planty. Should we get Planty on the on the blower? See if he's, he can come down. That sounds classy. He's got to reply to my WhatsApp message first from about a year and a half ago. <laughs> that he that he that he that he read and didn't reply. Oh no, I was gonna say, did he read it? Oh he, he read, read it. it as well. I've got the I've got the two the two blue ticks, no reply. Oh um, mate. and I'm and I'm a Led Zeppelin fan as well, so I was gutted. Oh no. But these things happen. I've got to be honest, obviously people know my music taste isn't great. Um I'm very much a, a pop kind of a guy. So when Robert Plant, I was this is before when I was uh, I was doing this gig with Spears. Um, Robert Plant was we were going. I think it was Switch Away or something like that. But um, he was he was he was behind the media section or whatever, and he was chatting away. And he was oh boys, how's it going? You know, and he listened to the pod. Robert Plant was great, fantastic, and he's like chatting away, and I'm chatting away. And then Spears was like really, really like quiet for the for the first time and like really shy. Like, <laughs> I didn't know who this guy was really because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know historic bands etc. Like so I'm like chatting away like his normal fan and giving a bit of banter and needling him a little bit, and then and then he walked, we walked away, and then he's like, do you know who that was? So I'm like, oh, fan one it, and he goes, that's oh, Robert Plant, and he was like obsessed. I'm like. But what a lovely guy. You know, we've spoken to him a few times. Obviously, he's been at the end of season awards when Wolves did do end of season awards and we were all there. But super, super friendly guy and uh, obviously a living legend, isn't he now? I mean, I didn't oh, know at the time. Absolutely. I mean, I, I doubt he listens to the potty anymore if I'm on it. But if he does... No, no I mean, he hasn't replied to you. I mean, I no, 100%. Stops. But if he does, 
get back in touch. If anyone here knows him, drop him a line. Ask him to reply to me. I It would make my day. Uh, I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. But I understand why he didn't. Um, I don't. I don't have his. Uh, I don't have his fame. Not yet. There's plenty of time. Um, but I'm not quite there. I know that um, Robert Plant's son listens on a regular basis. So that's good. Oh, um, Rob- sort me out. Come on. <laughs> so, so, help, so. help a brother out here, man. I need you. Uh, I need you. Logan, Logan I did not it. think I would beg on this podcast. But you, here oh, I man, am. you love a beg. You love a beg. Hands and knees. Uh, yeah, Logan listened to this. Um, obviously, the founder of Beavertown Brewery, which is unbelievable from him. So, if anyone little stat that people which is know, um, so. which is uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that as well. Great. Oh, so, here we go. What no, a beg! Mate, get a I swear of to, I, I swear to God, I am. I swear to God, I am. I, I like it. it. No, I like it too. I like it too. It's I like it more stuff, than Kino. Man. Come on. Okay, uh, a couple more questions. Let's have a look. A few people are saying, how, how stupid does Lop feel now after Gary Neal showed him how to coach a side and not have to rely on buying a team? <laughs> um, there's got to be some part of him that regrets it a little bit, considering how well Wolves have done. At the same time, I don't think he'll have changed his mind of what his opinion was about the group and that he didn't think the, the group could compete. Um, he'll be shocked at what they're doing though as he, this team he'll, I think he will 100% but I also think he will stand by his own convictions mm-hmm. um, and from what we're hearing of you know going out and doing these interviews and people talk and we hear things I think they're keen on a, a quite a big job whether that happens or not we'll wait and see mm-hmm. we shall see we shall see Ten Hag um, Louis Taylor, if Wolves sign a striker in January, do you see them keeping to a back five or moving to a di- traditional four at the back so that Cunha can play in the ten role? It, it's a tough question that because I Cunha can play as a ten definitely. He's been as I say, been playing on this sort of left pocket role at the moment. Um, I can't see them changing from what has been a really successful system so far. But equally, knowing Gary O'Neill, I think if he saw something tactically that he thought he could exploit in another team I think he would change it and, and go for it and then it's up to us to criticise or compliment depending on how the performance and the result goes but um, I wouldn't rule it out but I would be maybe a little bit surprised if, if this season it does change Can I ask you a question Liam Keane? You can Jathan Nuda coming from Jathan Nuda um, Liam Keane um, if and when Wolves do bring a striker in on loan let's say on loan to the end of the season with an, op- uh, an option or whatever do you think that they're looking to bring a striker in to start the majority games or to be an option, to probably come from the bench most times, give Cunha a bit of a break, have the odd start in maybe one in three, one in four maybe, um, to to help the burden of, of continuous games? Or are they bringing in a striker in to be a starter regularly for Wolves? Um... I think they're bringing in a striker to be a starter fairly regularly. Obviously, week by week, it can change, obviously. Sure. But I think, for the most part, it's uh, someone to start. Um, because so Neto, Cunha, Juan, and a striker all in that starting lineup. Well, maybe one of them drops out. Maybe Srabia comes in. You know, you, you need options as well. And there's a lot of games to play. So, um, you've got to bear in mind that this striker that they're looking to sign is going to be someone who's very different in style. It's going to be an out-and-out number nine, someone... Strong it doesn't necessarily have to be you know six foot five, but it could be someone who is going to hold the ball up, running behind, um, someone who's going to play that out and out number nine role, which Wang's done a very good job of doing as a makeshift nine, 
but I think they would prefer him in different positions as well. So, I mean, be pleased to have a lot of options if they are able to do that and bring someone in rather than then be worrying about who to fit in. Let Gary O'Neill worry about that. KellenToastman.co.uk, Daewoo, electric fan heater, 2,000 watts wide. These are one of these little tiny plug-in ones. You literally plug it in, it's got a little cord. Um, you can't mess it up, Kino. Two two options, you either go you know, full on full on heat or, or a little bit slowly to, to warm, a, warm a room up slowly. Um, the heat settings, it's so easy. There's like a little dial there. Um, portable, can take them anywhere with you. Will literally heat your room up in probably five or six minutes if you put it on max. It's absolutely superb. How much are you paying for it on kellentoastman.co.uk? Five quid. No, I'm joking. Less. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. you've done me. You've done I'm me. joking, I'm joking. 50. Less. Should I go crazy and say 30? Less. You're taking the mick at me now. No, I'm not. 22. Less. 17.5. Less. 16. Less. 12. Less. What? Oh, mate, it's unbelievable. 7.5. Oh, come on, you always go over the top. 10 English pounds. 10 <laughs> English pounds. Get on toasterman.co.uk. Brentford away. Friday Ooh, night. We're before back you do that, Brentford. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, um, on. One question I haven't answered, which I wanted to answer. Okay, well, then you could have said that before when we were talking about it off, off, uh, off mic, but carry on. Ah, it's all good. Um, <laughs> and that, that means you've got to do prep. Um, there's been reports about Braga winger Rodrigo Gomez. Someone did ask about it. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was who asked. Um, he's on loan at Estoril in Portugal. Four goals, six assists, 20 years old. He's a winger, uh, done pretty well. Um, reports one day were saying that Wolves have agreed a £12 million euro deal to sign him in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then reports the following day, uh, quoting the, the agent, said that um, Wolves are one of many clubs that have asked about him, but it would take paying the €35 million Euro release clause to sign him. Um, so two very contradictory stories, which mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me when it comes to uh, rumours. This is what transfer rumours are like. Yeah. Um, the answer is that he's definitely on Wolves' radar, um, a player that they clearly like. He fits the mould in terms of a winger in his age and and what they'd be after. But in terms of right now, there's no talks between the clubs. So um, not expecting anything to, to to transpire on that one. Um, and then very, very quickly, um, nothing but Neto asked about, um, do you think our new goalkeeper coach, big at Big Cuts, which is Neil Cutler, obviously, um, gets enough praise slash attention? We're only the team yet to concede a goal from a set piece. And two of our goals against Everton came after set pieces. Um on the on the stats thing, genuinely, I, I had a, a search this morning. I couldn't find anywhere about Wolves not conceding a goal from a set piece. So if someone can direct me to that, I'd genuinely appreciate it. I did. I looked in my limited time this morning and couldn't find it. Um, but what I will say is that uh, it's a bit of a joint effort from the coaches. I know Sean Derry works a lot with the defence, but then when there's defensive set pieces, it's Neil Cutler who's up in the technical area. So um, he'll definitely earn um, credit, Neil Cutler, but I don't think he's alone in that would be my... Uh, my only answer to it. Um, and then one final thing, I know I've gone on a lot. Um, I've managed to find Logan Plant on Twitter. Shall I, shall I follow him? Oh, you, you, you've <laughs> got to follow him. You've got to follow him, you beg. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, oh dear. Although, to be fair, is he, when you say you, you follow, um, he's on Twitter, you always got to look when the last time they posted were. Well, I was just about to say this. He hasn't posted since 2019. Hmm. But he has liked something in November 
just gone. Okay. Which was my tweet. Oh. Uh, he doesn't follow me, but he did like my tweet. Um, you don't follow him, which is a bit out of order. It says here that Tim Spears does. Um, oh, there you go. He's a bag. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. I mean, if he listens to this, this is going to be really weird for him because he can, yeah. he can hear me in real time begging it and hear me in real time press the follow button. I mean, I need I need segments left, right, and center. So we can have Logan Plant watch each week and see yeah, if he goes, gets in touch with us. There you go. Um, and then we can we can sort out a deal with um, him, Robert, and playing and maybe a couple of sausages that uh, he can have on the grill. Perfect. Um, I've pressed the follow button. Follow button. I'm an unashamed beg, but I've done it. It's going to get people are going to be listening to this and go, oh, I'll follow him. I'll follow him as well. It's going to get going to going to two two and a half thousand people following that. What's going on? He's he's What's already this? got two and a half already, mate. He's flying. He might be. On, oh. He's going to double it overnight. Love it. You love to see it. Right, okay. Um, have you finished your hosting duties now? Now you've gone through some I have. questions. You can you take okay? over the role again. You sure? Thank you very much. Um, right, we're, we're back at Brentford. It's Friday Night Football, baby. FA Cup action. I put a tweet out uh, just before the podcast today saying, would you play the best available team or, or would you play a little bit of a mix and match? Of course, you know, a lot of players have gone to the Asia Cup or African Cup of Nations, but at the same time, Wolves have still got quite a few people you'd expect to be in that red zone, so to speak. Uh, with the amount of players they've done. Will they get a break now, or will Gary Neal to ask them to go one more time before they have that two-week break, they go to Abu Dhabi, and then they come back for the for the, for the the league game in a couple of weeks' time, because they are in that second section of Premier League games. Of course, that the next game week is split, you know, five games and five games, but they've got a two-week break, so to speak, which I'm sure Wolves fans are... Oh, well, maybe not Wolves fans, they want more games, they're doing so well, but uh, I'm sure Gary Neal's quite happy that they've got a two-week break anyway. So... Um, I asked the peeps, would you play the best possible 11 or a mix and match team uh, with the guys who were available? 1,500 votes, Liam. Have you seen what the uh, the current standings are or can you guess? No, I haven't seen. Okay, so 1,500 votes. Uh, what would you say the percentage are from play the best possible 11 or a mix and match side? How do you think it, the, the, the voting is going? I think mix and match has won. Okay. I think it's 65%. Oh, 65% mix and match. You are wrong. Shock. Best possible 11 is in the lead, but it's close. 51% say best possible 11 and 49% say mix and match. Now, just just because some of the players have left, realistically, other people are just going to have to get more of a chance. So let's preview preview the game. What, What do you think... Gary O'Neill will do. Do you think it's let's see who's available and let's play the best possible team that you can play? Let's say, for example, you know, Craig Dawson, Max Kilman, Jose Sar, Mateus Cunha, João Gomez, these type of players have been playing most games, Nelson Semedo. Are they going to be asked to go again? Can you say these guys who are in your best 11 all start on Friday night? Or do you think it will be more of a, a mix and match? The likes of Matt Doherty, Bentley, um, Pedro Neto, um, just because of the injury situation, but Sasha Kalajic. Do you think these guys will probably start, or more likely to start than the the names I've just mentioned before that? So I think you know if there was more games in January, I think it'd be very much a rotation eleven uh, to the extent the Wolves can do that because they've got a small squad. But I also think Gary Neal will be desperate to win this game alongside any other, any other game and just keep the momentum going. So I think it'll be mix and match, but with a, still a good side. So this is going to be my prediction. I want to see how you 
compare. Oh, you predicted the 11. I like it. I like it. I'll do it quickly. I think it will be go, go. Bentley in goal. Mm-hmm. I think it will be Doc right wing back. Okay. I think it will be Santi Bueno on mm-hmm. the right. And then Dawson and Totti both keeping their place. Okay. And it will be Hugo Bueno on the left. Left wing back. Okay. Midfield will be Tommy Doyle and Jao Gomez both keeping their place. Yeah. Um, because Doyle, I think, if Lamina was around, wouldn't have started, obviously, for Everton. I think he'd have started this game anyway. So I think Doyle mm-hmm. and Gomez play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Sarabia, yeah. Neto, yeah. and Kalajic. You've got 10 out of the 11 players I think it'll be. Have you gone Cunha instead of Kalajic? I haven't, no. No, I think you're right. I think Cunha will be on the bench. I think Kalajic will start with the pace of Neto and, and not the pace of Sarabia, but I think he's, I think, you know, I, I would quite happily play. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a, that's a good blend. No, I, I would say that you're, you're spot on. The only, and I think Bentley will probably get the nod as well. I do, I do agree with that. I, I think Kilman plays. I think he, he, he goes with his main back three. Um, and Santi Bueno is unfortunate, but I think that probably he goes with his back three at this occasion. I think he keeps with his captain. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think the only other one for me that I wasn't 100% sure on was Kalajic, only because of everything that's been mm. going on with him recently. Um, but that would be quite a damning indictment if he doesn't get a start sure. here, I think. I think he ha- considering his limited game time, he has to have a start here, I think, surely. So and you can change it around pretty quickly. Exactly, as well, yeah. And you can work. you can rest Cunha then, and, and I think have him on the bench, have, have, have him as an option to come on. So I, I'd quite like that team. Obviously, it's it's strong enough to go and win the game, but also giving a few players an opportunity. So um, yeah, I, I actually I do agree with you in the sense that I th- I think he would want to play Kilman, mm-hmm. but I think the the attraction to give Santi Bueno another chance is going to be too strong and it's just where you fit him in. So it's whether yeah. you play... You, you may, he might rest Dawson, play mm-hmm. Kilman Central and play Santi Bueno. He might I, think Dawson, I, think he was going to, I think Dawson will be the one, even though I know he's just come back and he was injured, Dawson might be the one I would say that if some was to drop out, I know you'd have to change it around a little bit, but I think that it would be Bueno for... For Dawson more than Kilman, yeah, but there's a few like options say, there. But yeah. I think it's I, I think Santi comes in, but I can understand why you might you, you might think otherwise. Um, excellent news, right? Uh, before we do predictions, I know I've saved the best to last. Liam Keane. Incredibly, we have had a winner because you predicted Wolverhampton Wanderers three, Everton nil, and congratulations to the winner who. I can't find it this moment in time because I'm going through, but maybe you might have it to um, to hand, Liam. Uh, I winner. Can, I can try. You uh, can try and find it to hand. I got, I'm, I'm sure get... it's one of our friends from the US of A. It was because I did reply to him. Uh, here we go. Glenn Allen. Glenn Allen. Congratulations, Glenn Allen, who has won, I'm pretty sure, the home kit, the away kit, and a training, and a home kit, away kit training as well. It was three for. Oh, you said home it, man. I wouldn't tell. I, I wouldn't know. I think. So, um, yeah, delighted that it's America that I'll be sending to again for postage and packaging. But congratulations. So, yeah, people, people are winning. I've got to go to the board. I have to try and, you know, put my, put my best Oliver impersonations. Please, sir, can I get some money to, to try and buy these kits? But um, I'm sure they'll be able to get it. And look, we're giving them away. So happy days. I mean, I'm buzzing with that prediction, by the way. Oh, what a prediction. What a prediction. Amazing. Who'd have seen that coming? 
absolutely amazing. So yes, um, those goodies will be will be on to you when I've when I've uh, got them to hand. So uh, you might have to wait for a couple of weeks or whatever, but I'm sure they'll be on the way. So lovely stuff. Congratulations. So of course, Liam, you get to pick the prediction, which will be for the competition. But what are we giving away? Shall we give away a Wolverhampton Wanderers coat? Or shall we give away a Wolverhampton Wanderers goodie bag to the price of £55? You choose. Coat or goodie bag? They're both good. Mm. But like the the goodie bag sounds mysterious. I'll go with that. Sounds Ooh, exciting. Bag. £55 worth of goodie bag. Okay. I shall go. Well, first of all, our Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton Wonders is going to win this game, and they're going to go through to the FA Cup fourth round. Now, I say this because um, I got a special Christmas present, and I haven't used it. I forgot to use it last week, and I've realised that really it doesn't really matter that I've got it here to hand because no one's seeing this podcast. But I've got a magic eight ball that I got. So I feel now, this like this is exciting. I feel like this is going to be a new prop that we're going to use from week to week, um, asking the magic eight ball question. So. Shall I go for just the simple will Wolves win and go through in the FA Cup third round? Yes. Okay, let's have a look. <laughs> Let me shake it. By the way, are the replays or not? I can't remember FA Cup third no, round. No, yeah, they're, they're talking of scrapping them, but it won't be for next season at the earliest, so there will be a replay for this. There will be a replay. For okay, this game, right, okay. yeah. So, uh, will Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Brentford and go through um, without a replay on Friday night? Can you hear it? I can hear it. Shaking the eight ball. Ask again later. (laughs) That's not nice. That's that's out of order. Shake it again. Second go. You may rely on it. That means we can rely on a win. Okay, rely on a win. Okay, we'll take that. Um, Okay, I'm going to go for the final score being Brentford 1. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. We're going for a re- we're going for a replay, baby. Oh, it's no. a replay back at Molyneux. Sorry. Well, I think it will be a tight game as well. Okay. So we're we're agreeing on that. But I think Wolves will win two one. Oh, two one win. Boom. Double in a couple of weeks at Brentford. You love to so. see it. And then they'll make oh, it a triple in February, mate. which I'm not there at. I'm skiing. But we'll uh, yeah. make it a triple when we beat them in the league at Molyneux as well. You love to see it. Um, Thank you so much for everybody. This is a very extended edition, but the first of 2024. Why the hell not? One hour and 42 minutes. That is cray cray. That is insane. But lots to talk about. Um, and also, it's a little bit more of an extended one because we shall not have a podcast next week. Boo! Boo! Um, international break. Well, not international break, but you know, a break for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Also, after the Brentford, I'm flying out to the US of A, to Houston, to watch the Washington Husky football team in the national championship game against Michigan Wolverines. So um, I shall be there. Uh, it's worked out quite well. Liam, I'm sure you'll be watching the game on Monday night, going to the early hours of Tuesday at 1am. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be there for... I'm going to be in America for a week or whatever, but we'll come back and we'll be previewing the game the following week against... Brighton. Thank you. I, I had to think for a playing. second. <laughs> I can't forget we're playing because it's on the Monday night. But yeah, we'll be there. So uh, thank you for listening. Again, Happy New Year to everyone who listens to this show. I uh, hope you all have an amazing 2024. Thanks for listening from me, from Keno. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Friday night at Brentford again at the G Tech. Take care. Bye bye. Because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our